0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hi, I would like to welcome you guys to RG's Takeover Thursday. It is the first service of this Takeover weekend at RG. And uh, we would like to just start with opening prayer. So if we could all just bow our heads, close, uh, close our eyes, and pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we just come before you to say thank you, thank you for the privilege to be before you again, to learn from you again, and to understand your word again. And so we just ask that you come and speak to us and speak through us and do a mighty work in us, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, so welcome to RG's Takeover Thursday. And um, my name is Mesmin Dembasa. I am the moderator today, tonight. Um, co-moderator, actually. We'll get to that. And I would like to introduce first my other co-moderator, Mary. Oh. Go ahead, introduce yourself, sorry.
1: Good evening, everyone. Um, like Mesmond said, I am the co-moderator for today. My name is Mary O'Corrier.
0: All right, and then we have our three panelists tonight who will be blessing us, and if we could just start from this side to that side, let's introduce ourselves.
2: Good evening, everyone. My name is Yvonne Maduka, and it's a blessing to be here.
3: Good evening, brethren. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Paul Mohammed. It's an honor and a privilege to be here tonight. Thank you.
4: Good evening. My name is Happiness Ngobo. It is a privilege to be part of the rising generation.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. She is part of us, by the way. Um, Yeah, everyone and anyone is welcome. Everybody's young at heart, they say. Um, So we're just gonna go into our panel discussion, and tonight we'll be talking about Second Wind. Um, Our topic is called Second Wind. So um, just a little bit of overview Um, of this topic, and um, so I'll read this real quick. It says, in sports, athletes can get renewed strength or energy during a game or a race. This is called Second Wind. This panel discussion's purpose is to expose ourselves to scriptural ways in which we can finish strong as believers, whether this is in finishing the year, school, our careers, ministry, Um, or our walk on this earth in general. And the goal is to open up ourselves to perspectives that will give us wisdom in the different seasons of our lives. And so that is just that. um, It is to help us to finish strong. Um, We want to allow God to teach us on that um, topic. And so the first question of this panel discussion is, what is your favorite scriptural example of someone finishing strong with God. It can be the way someone ended their earthly walk, or just a season in their lives. And um, yeah, i give an example. Like, we all know the story of Enoch. Um, we know how his story ended in the Bible, that one day he was, he was not because God took him. And um, yeah, so I'll throw it off to our panelists now. What is your favorite scriptural example? Of someone finishing strong with God? Anyone is welcome.
2: For me, my favorite scriptural example of someone walk, finishing strong with God, I would have to say Paul the Apostle. Uh, we all know how, you know, he started his life. You know, he was persecuting the believers in a church, but then God transformed his life, and now, like, He's written most of the New Testament books. Um, You know, God used him in mighty ways. So that really just showed me like, God can use you despite your past mistakes. You know, despite the decisions and the mistakes you've made, God can still use you for your glory, for his glory. So that really just, that example, Paul's life really was just my favorite scripture example of him finishing strong.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Despite how you start. God can still make something out of your life. That's amazing. Awesome. Anybody else?
3: Praise God. Uh, for me, Jesus is my greatest example. Uh, he came to this earth. He was sent to this earth and he was prepared for the journey. It took him 30 years and In three and a half years, he was done. He was done. He laid down his life for humanity. And today, he's reaping harvests of life all over the world. He's united us to the Father. The same love, the same glory that we shared from the beginning, we are enjoying now. And he kept his eyes focused on the father to the last minute. Even when he went to pray, when he was going to be handed over to the Jew, when he went to pray, he kept his eye on the father. He was sorrowful. He was feeling the pain when he said, Father, if this cup can pass over me, but I say, not my way, let your will be done. He was focused to the goal, focused to the task. There was nothing that could distract him. And then he defeated the devil. He went to Hades and preached the gospel to those who were in Hades. They believed him, and he came up, he resurrected. He's alive today, seated at the right hand of God. And because He's alive, we all are alive in Him. Praise God. He is my greatest example.
0: That's awesome, and He is our example as well. Um, yeah, just I like what you said when you said it took him thirty years. Like that preparation showed off in how effectively and Efficiently, he did his work here on earth. Wow, awesome.
4: Praise the Lord. I think my favorite um, scriptural example is Nehemiah. But when you're going to talk about somebody's character, it's almost like a book. So it's like a summary of from chapters one to six. You know, I love him because he started as a cup bearer and ended up as a governor. But the position of a governor, he wasn't just like the earthly governor that I want to know, you know, I need this, I need cars, I need everything. But he used that position where he even said that he didn't even, you know, use the governor's money for feeding. So he did everything for God. So I'll just summarize and then I'll give some scripture, um, you know, some scriptures or some verses. So, you know, it is a place where when you, you're interested in God's business and you make God's business your business, God is going to see you through, irrespective of whatever you know, challenges you have. So this was a man that we all know how the Jewish people were carried into exile. And so, you know, they kind of burned down the walls of Jerusalem and the gates. I mean, it's going to be a little story anyway. So, and, um, you know, he was really grieved. So, you know, the scripture said the things that grieved God should grieve us, right? And it's with the same interest because when he asked his uh, fellow Jewish people what happened with the people that came back from exile, and they gave him sad story and what happened to the walls. So this guy, he went and prayed and fasted and asked God to please grant him favor so that he can talk to the king as a king, uh, cup bearer to king at you know. So see, his prayer was he wanted God to grant him favor. And can you imagine a cup bearer? What was he thinking about to go and rebuild the walls? Can you imagine? It wasn't like, oh, I'm not minister of, um, what is it, transportation, or I have to be a minister. But from that angle, he knew that he could do it because that was God's business. So what did he do? He was serving the king, but he, was, he wasn't happy. And when the king saw him, he asked what was the problem. So he told the king. But you know the funny thing? The king asked how he can help him. So I'm just going to use it and kind of really talk about our life. You know, what are we using our life and our position to do? And the king decided, okay, how long are you going to be gone for? He, he told the king. And he asked the king, can you imagine being afraid? All of a sudden, that God's boldness came in. And he's like, I need two letters. I need a letter to travel so that nobody will harass me. And by the way, I need another letter so that I can get him back to fix the um, gates. But the king, of course, added more favor. And that's when God is at work. You know, gave him horsemen and soldiers to accompany him. But then, this is where I'm going to compare it with what is it that we are doing. So when he got back, he wasn't talking like Adana said, to tell everybody what he came for. He kept it to himself. He got a few people, went and checked what the, the essence of damage. And in life, when we're working for God, when God sends us, we don't need to talk too much. We need to kind of evaluate what is it that he asks us to do and work with him. So, in the morning he now told them how God has favored him you know like the story goes on, and they went to rebuild the temple um, the walls. Have you ever decided to do something for God and you're going to have opponents anyway? the devil will show up, your friends will show up, everybody will show up people that want to discourage you will show up and that was exactly what happened. so there are three men sambala, Tobias and and if you have them in your life at the end of the day, please look for a way to get rid of them so they they were enraged. Can you imagine them getting upset that somebody wants to rebuild the walls and he didn 't pay attention and that's what at times we shouldn 't pay attention to the destruction of the enemy because he's, you have to put your, keep your eyes on what you're doing, but of course, they made fun of them, you know different things. Can you imagine, they wrote four letters to distract them. This Tobias and Sambalat group. And Nehemiah did not pay attention. And I'm gonna read a few scriptures of what his answers were. So at the end, they finished the building. One of them, they're like <laughs> mocking them. Oh, so you think you're gonna build these um, walls with rebels, all these rebels? Oh. Well, another one said, well, when the fox climbs on the wall, the wall is going to fall down. Have you ever had friends that will tell you you can't do it? You are not able to do it. You are not made for it. You are not going to succeed. So at the end of tonight, you know that once God sends you, you will succeed because he's going to back you up. So God backed them up, and they finished the building. But guess what? After the fifth letter, he didn't accept whatever their invitation was. He, um, they decided to use one of his own, somebody that was 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 even crippled. He went to see the person and decided to give him false prophecy. Do we have people like that that tells us that God said, what God didn't tell you when you pray, He won't tell another person to come and tell you because it's your prayer that He's going to answer. He's not going to send an answer through another person that is part of them, but eventually he knew that it wasn't God that sent um, um, the guy. So what am I saying? He finally became the governor, but one thing that he did as a governor was that he decided to take care of the people among themselves. The wealthy people were enslaving their own people, so he decided to make peace and tell them to stop doing what they were doing so that they can help their people. Like I said when I started, he didn't even use the money as a governor. Instead, he used his own money. So there were so many things that we can use to really compare this with our lives. When you pray to God, first of all, if the things that grieve God grieves you and you take action, God will back you up. It doesn't matter who is against you because the scripture say that they will surely gather. But if God is not in it, they will be fallen. They will fall for your sake. So they gathered five times and they didn't win. Eventually, they, they were able to rebuild. So tonight, the um, Sambalas, the Tobias, the Gershons in our lives, we have to actually weigh them and see this person that is trying to give me this suggestion, who is this person? And we have to focus on the things of God because when he sends you, he will equip you, he will back you up. As a cup bearer, he didn't have the money to rebuild the temple. But God took action and God rebuilt his own um, walls for, uh, for himself. So when we are asked to do something, all God is looking for is for us to yield, to say, Yes, Lord, he's going to take the rest from us. Praise the Lord.
1: Praise the Lord. Well, everyone had some amazing answers. We thank you all for your responses. Um, So the next question we have um, is, and I think Brother Paul actually kind of alluded to this a little bit, but um, the the second question is, what is one aspect of the way Jesus ended his life and ministry here on earth that stands out to you? Why is that? And the second part to that is, what perspective does that give you on your Christian walk? So anyone can can start to answer.
4: Praise the Lord. Okay, like Paul said, he, Jesus um, did his ministry for three years and he was able to achieve a lot. But one of the things the scripture said that he went about doing good and he was compassionate he was full of love and grace. And, well, you know, he decided to hang out with the outcasts, the so-called sinners. You know, so st- being here on earth, he wasn't judgmental. You know, he's, he has, he wanted to, he brought salvation. He wanted to reach out to people. It was all about souls. And that's what the scripture tells us. Our work here on earth Why we are here is for souls, souls and more souls. Because, like, when we leave, on that day, God is not going to ask us any other thing apart from how many people. And because he wasn't judgmental, when he showed the love of God, people were able to, you know, embrace that love. And people that didn't think they were worth anything, they knew they were worth. Like, take, for instance, the prostitute. You know, at the end of the day, she didn't think she worth anything, but when he showed her that love, she knew who she was. And the scripture said, it's the grace of God that brings repentance. She was able to repent because of the love that, you know, Christ showed uh, her. And Zacchaeus as well, you know, it doesn't matter where you're coming from, you know. He was able to, you know, dine with him and showed him love. And that made him to now say, hey, I'm going to give back whatever I've taken from people. So the most important thing is, you know, as Christ-like, you know, at times we say, we want to be like Christ, we want to be like Christ. The question is, are we compassionate? Are we actually showing that love of Christ? Are we actually embracing people without being judgmental? You know, so these are the things that we have to look at and ask ourselves, How many souls, what is it that, you know, we're seeing in people that we want to grab them and say, hey, you know, instead of maybe preaching the wrath of God, because really when we're asked to preach the gospel, good news, anything that is bad is not good news. The wrath of God is not good news. The good news is Jesus loves you. So God, he he asks us to go out and reconcile people with him. We should go out and tell people that, listen, I'm at peace with you. He gave us ministry of reconciliation, and there was no but in, in his ministry. Unfortunately, sometimes we add but. Um, you have to be a born-again but. You have to do this but. But there wasn't any but in that ministry. The ministry of Christ was full of love and grace. So my, the way I look at it is every day I wake up, the point is, What am I going to be used for today for him? Am I asked for uh, souls or is it about me? Because in the end, there's nothing else for me to show apart from the souls I brought to him.
0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You said souls. Even to the point when before he ascended, he says, go into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that is, that is the heart of Jesus Christ, the soul of man. He came here, laid his life for that, that we may be one with him again, that we may be one with the Father again. And that is just absolutely beautiful. And, Brother Paul, you were, you were alluding to this question a lot in your um, answer earlier. Would you mind just taking us through what is your perspective on the end of Jesus Christ's life? Uh,
3: You see, when Jesus walked the earth, everything he did was already written beforehand. So, he focused on accomplishing that which the Father already written through the prophet, through the Psalms. And then he wasn't alone. Even when he was going to be baptized, John identified him. And John was retrieving from baptizing him. He said, You should be the one baptizing me. I'm not worthy to touch your sandals. But he said, Let it be done to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, it's been written. So he kept saying what was already written about him and he was accomplished because it was the word of God. Nothing could stop it. And right there, God spoke that this is my beloved son in whom I am well-placed. Hear ye him. So he came to demonstrate the love of God's to humanity, to us. And he gave us the life of God. When he was living, he empowered the disciples, everyone that God gave him. He empowered them. And he told them that the work that I do, greater work will you do. And when I look at this scripture, John 1, from verse 6, right? John 1, I'll read quickly. John 1, from verse 6. God sent a man. So I put my name there John the Baptist to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because his testimony, because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. And Jesus is that light. So I am sent, I am privileged to be, have been born in Nigeria but I am sent from heaven. I am privileged to be living in the U.S., but I am sent from heaven to be a witness. And all through my life, in any career choice or whatever I do, these are geographical locations. My primary assignment is to be a witness for that light, Jesus. So that through my life and the witnessing others will believe because without him i can do nothing amen
0: yeah wow um so one thing you said there you said it is he came fulfilling the scriptures right like that like that um verse that says lo i come in the volume of the book that was written of me right And so another way we can end just based off of Jesus' life is to remember what is written about you, what is written about your end, what is written about how you end your year, how you end maybe your schooling, how you end your ministry. And the Bible says better is the end of a thing than its beginning. And so... The Bible says also we go from glory to glory. The path of the righteous is as a shining light, shining brighter and brighter onto that perfect day. So your end should not be lesser than your yesterday. Your yesterday should not be greater than your today, neither your tomorrow, based off Jesus' life. And um, Yvonne, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Um. For me, one aspect of the way Jesus ended his life here on earth was just like the way he loved Um, John 13, verse 1, it says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and to return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. So to the very end, Jesus loved everyone, and it's like, specifically, when he washed the feet of the disciples, part of, like, just Judas carrier, right, his betrayer, he washed his feet knowing that he was going to betray him, knowing that he was going to hand him over to death. Imagine washing the feet of someone that you know is going to betray you. Like, who does that, you know? And it just shows God's unconditional love for us. Even, um, even when Jesus was being crucified, when they crucified him, He said, forgive them, for they they don't know what they're doing. Imagine, like, he didn't say, God, attack them, you know, they're crucifying me, kill them right now. He said, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. So it just shows how much love that he has for us. And... That just really compels me to love others. You know, God, He gave us this commandment to love each other. So, despite you know what people do to you, despite if you know they persecute you or hurt you, it's important for us to show that love, that Christ love, that Christ showed us. And um, when we understand and receive God's love, you know that compels us to love others because we can't do it on our own strength. You know, if someone is attacking you and cursing you out. You can't respond and love in your own strength. Like it's God that's giving you the ability to love. So that's really just one aspect. The fact that he loved till the very end, that's really just amazing.
0: Wow. That that blesses me every time I read it. Um, honestly speaking, because just sometimes it gets really difficult because challenges happen in life and even at the when I enter the end of the year. It's almost like I throw every strategy out the window. And so seeing myself purposefully and intentionally loving people to to December 31st, 11.59 p.m. can be a stretch. And I like how you added that. We cannot do this on our own strength, right? Because without him, we can do nothing. And so we are dependent on the power of the Holy Ghost in the first place to be able to love to that very end and that's absolutely beautiful. Um, and yeah, so now I want us to kind of get a bit um, personal with our own walk with God. Um, and so if you're comfortable, um, can you share some ways that God has taught you to end certain seasons in your life, right? Um, based on scriptures and also how did these, how can you bless us how, with how everything went, meaning based off the way God has taught you to end certain seasons, what are some lessons that you've learned from that, from what he has taught you, pretty much? Um, Yeah.
3: All right, let me respond to this. In 2005, I was in Nigeria, and I was living with my friend. And on this day, we were evicted from the house without notice for some reason. And I had my luggages, my bags and everything on the street. I didn't know where to go. So I was sitting on my bag on one of my luggage and my head was bent down and i was thinking and all of a sudden there was a plane flying in the air across me and i lifted my head and i said one day i'll be in this plane and i'll be leaving this country i had never planned to travel <laughs> i've never Thought of it. It never crossed my mind. But it was in God's will for me. And then he made me to speak that word. It wasn't my plan. It was his plan. So at that moment, I believe it was him who made me to speak that word into existence. The Bible says, death and life. Is in the power of the tongue. And then in 2009, my first flight ever was leaving Nigeria. When I remember, I always remember that scenario. So that season ended, and a new season began in my life, in the will of God. Praise God.
0: Yeah. So the new season began when you spoke it, not necessarily when it happened. Wow. Because sometimes we always think my season is ending by when I'm done, let's say with school, or when I'm done with this, this job that I'm working. And we don't really consider how we're speaking or if we're even speaking what God has put in our hearts for the next season to speak. So that's that's, that's a blessing, indeed. Um, So thank you very much, Brother Paul. And uh, yeah, Auntie Happiness, you're looking at me, smiling, raring to go.
4: (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, it says um, if you're comfortable. And what were the results? Yep. Um, There was a season in my life that I went on a kind of a boot camp. God took me through a boot camp. And like I've told everybody here, in 2013, I kind of resigned from my job. But the funny thing that happened was that um, Pastor Emmanuel, during his sermon, three times, you know, he said, one of you here is working for a Jewish company and God wants you to leave that company and you don't want to leave. Of course, he didn't call me, so I didn't know it was for me, especially the fact that the first Sunday or the second Sunday I went to the church, I just started, so I don't know how many people that work with a Jewish company. I know I work in a Jewish company, but I don't know anybody as at that time. The fourth time was during men's retreat because I listened to the message, and he said again, there's somebody in that church, God wants you to leave that company. And the day you leave that company, that company will fall. It has nothing to do with me, because I was earning good money. I was in a good position. So, but because I didn't really quite understand. So it got to a stage where I became uncomfortable. I wanted to leave the company and things like that. But the money was good. But I didn't know that the message was for me. So it was like the heat was... You know, I was getting uncomfortable. But something happened. I don't know whether you guys know one. There was one of my friends that had cancer that a lady I brought here. So when she came to the office that day, she was asked to come and do some medical, you know, her dental work before she can be used for experimental um, study. So when she came in, I was to see her. She broke down. So I spoke to her and everything and, I got home, called her, and led her to the Lord. It wasn't, by the end of the week, it was almost like I had to leave. So I didn't know that that was somebody that God wanted me to finish that place with. So we became friends till you know for seven years before she passed. But what happened was that I said, uh, let me just get some rice for about three months. From three months, it was six months. From six months, it was one year. (laughs) And then I'll go to look for a job. They'll tell me I'm overqualified. I'm like, okay, I can't afford to pay you. And in my naiveness, I don't know whether you've spoken to Pastor Emmanuel when you're going through something. And he's like, okay, let's let's start praising God. I just said to Pastor, well, I quit my job. He said, yes, finally, you've decided to listen to God. I said, what was it that God said? He said, but you're the person that I've been talking about in a Jewish, that works for a Jewish company. Anyway, fast forward, I left the company. Within two years, it was over. But it wasn't my fault. So it was Pastor Manel that saw the vision. So, but anyway, so this journey started. It became really painful because I couldn't literally get a job. Somebody I was making $4.50. I couldn't even get a dollar job. I'm like, okay. But there was something God taught me. I found myself spending more time with him. You know, it was a boot camp. If I cry, Pastor would will tell me, why are you crying? Is it that God is dead? I'm like, I can't even get a job. So it was a grueling four years. But it was the best four years of my life. And you can only use that eye of, you know, of understanding, that revelation for you to know that, man, if it didn't happen. But it was during that time that I was able to do certain things. You know, I don't know whether you guys know the back-to-school backpack. I introduced it. I was gladly going from one store to the other. If I have nothing to do, I'll sleep at the store. You know, doing talking drive. I kind of told Ugo little lies that I'm off on Mondays so that we can sweep the church. I wasn't off because I didn't know what to say. But then anyway, we finally, you know, how did it end? You know, I now, it was the time I could trust God no matter what. And I used to tell some people, like, you know, when you stand by the cliff, right? It's either you go down or you allow somebody. For you to fall back, even if it's your enemy, you're going to fall back in the person's arm unless you die, fall and die. But it got to that stage where it is the cliff of Christ or God. It's either I'm going to be in his hand or I'm going, but I have to make a choice. So that's why whenever I tell people, I said, don't be doing exam of, is it A, B, or C, or D? Do the choice of it's A. A, 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 because if you go to choice B, you're going to make mistakes. You're gambling. You got to a stage, I couldn't gamble because I have nothing to show. I don't have any more tears left. But during that time, God was training me, and something happened. I was about to buy a practice. The moment that practice was, you know, to come through, my boss realized that I was told, oh, you can't buy the practice because... There's a certain mile radius. It was close to my office. I cried as I was coming to church on Wednesday because, you know, I was almost sleeping there. Pastor Malice said, come, come. Why are your eyes red? I started telling him. And when you're telling him something, you will be looking at you as if, uh uh-huh. are you done? He said, why are you always telling bad stories? Why can't you just say, praise God? So from that, so it was about three, four, four offices that I wanted to buy. Each one, by the time we signed the contract, it won't go through. Boy, and then, of course, I added more crying. But finally, when God said, this is it, then I'm able to be sensitive to the things of God. Remember, four years, I had no choice. I needed, you know, to get out of the house. So the building that, if you have come to my office, the building that they showed me, was more expensive than other buildings. And I think the value then was 800 and something thousand. So when I saw it, my husband said, ah, isn't that one expensive? For some reason, I went to see that building before I could get there. Remember, I'm not sensitive to the things of God. He said, that's the building. So I called him, he said, oh, is it the one that is expensive? I said, that's the one. And because I have keyed in, remember, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. I've keyed in everything that was happening from the, that time on, I could see it. I could feel it. I could, you know? So from one thing to the other, all of a sudden, they told us the house has 40-something or 50-something lien. How many houses have more than three or four lien on it? So whenever people want to buy the house, they can't go further because the liens cannot be removed. So I said, okay, God, that you said that's the house so these liens will come out. Our lawyer said he's not doing again because it's just too much trouble. I called the lawyer, I said, hey, you're representing me. I speak, I tell you what to say. Remember, it's no longer me because I'm like Mesmin at the beginning, right? <laughs> so as God will have it, the contract we signed, the January, we closed in September, which is a long time. But one thing that happened that all the liens were taken of the house. So now, you see where my fate will go. It has gone to another level. And of course, the whole story of I didn't have a job, I went to the bank to ask for loan. They told me that I should bring my pay stop. I told them I don't have any pay stop. They asked me to leave. I don't know how I ended up telling them that they're working for me. And the man said, "Why?" I said, because my daddy owns the bank. Remember, I've no longer, I don't have anything to lose anymore. But I got the loan. And when they gave me the loan, they gave me five point something percent. I said, no, I want this. So I started telling them what I want. This is a public thing. And the bank came back and gave me what I wanted. So to now how the result, what was the outcome of the result? By the time I opened my practice with the value of the house, it was now worth more than my four-year salary with no tax. So I was like, oh, 450, I multiplied it. I was scratching my head. But by the time, you know, the moment I opened, God showed me, see, the four years wasn't wasted. So, And you have to use that eyes of, you know, understanding for him to now open your eyes to see that, hey, I kept you not because I wanted to punish you. I wanted you to do it my own way. So, do you guys have more time?
0: Oh, that, one thing, that's, one thing that stuck out to me was... <laughs> no, because was my
4: story is always, is laughing. Yeah. He's always just, telling just
0: me, go. Just blame it on Pastor <laughs> yeah,
4: Go and fight your battle. Don't come to me, go and fight. So, we went to a, a boot camp.
0: That's awesome. I mean, sometimes boot camp is what you need, and it looks like it really was what you need. Um, so maybe as you end your seasons um, and God wants to transition you over to the next season, um, maybe just being with him is what he is asking. Because um, sometimes could get a little scratchy, like, God, what am I doing next? What, like, no, like scratchy you said, was I...
4: an understatement. <laughs> Crying. You don't know. Why do you get scratchy? Four years at home, mm. I, co- I couldn't cook anymore because I've cooked everything in the house. So there's nothing else left. You clean the house, you cook, what else is left? But to God be the glory. It was a time of, you know, refreshing. Because that's the only thing I
0: could say at the end of the day. Praise God. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Mary, over to you.
1: Amen. So um, I'll just give a quick, like, answer to this, to that question. Kind of similar to Dr. Happiness, but not a little bit. Um, It was... I think like my first, I think after undergrad, I got a job um, and I was working there for some time. I liked the company and I liked enough to, to actually be full-time. So I applied seven times. Ta- first time I applied for full-time position, they were like, no, next. I tried again, no, next. Every se- I applied seven times, I kid you not, for this one position. And I'm a, at one point, I was just like, I'm, I'm a good worker. I do this. I do all that. You know, I'm like, I do well. Everyone was like, Mary, you haven't got the job yet. I'm, I would tell them no. And then it came to a point in which um, God had another totally different plan for me. He he actually said, told me to like stop, stop applying for the job and a job would come to you. So what ended up happening was um, maybe a couple months after God and I had a conversation, I actually got a call for a company that I I truly don't remember applying for at all. Like I don't even know how they got my information. They called me. They said, oh, you know, we're looking for someone like you. I said, okay. I went to interview. Kid you not, within like, the interview process was so quick that I got the job within like a month time. It happened so quick. And I just started praising God and thanking him. And what God taught me that season was that um, even though I applied seven times, I had another a better opportunity aligned for me And then once I started the new job, that current job, the the division that I worked for closed down. So as I got the new job, that division I was currently working, the the same position I was saying, I want to be in, I want to be in the job, I like it so much, the whole division closed down. So it's just like, it's really, truly, like showing me, and just everyone as well, just like, be mindful as to when God is speaking to you in the season that you're in. Yes, you might cry. You might have, like, itching feeling, as, as Mez said. But um, just know that everything is going to work out for your good. And I just praise God because now look at where I'm at. I'm happy.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so the next question we have for you guys is... Um, what advice would you give to another believer so as to help them end well or finish strong in Christ? Now, this can be in the season that they're in, whether it's school, whether it's work, the ministry that you're in. What advice would you give to a believer?
0: For, praise God. So let's let's start with Yvonne because um, we forgot to include her. We were going to include her, but the next the next question came, and so therefore Yvonne, you get to give us any ways that God has taught you to end a season and what advice you would give to someone who maybe is trying to end their, like who is in the process of get going into a new season or ending a season.
2: Um, so one way God taught me to end a season was in the area of friendship. Um, so there was this person, we were best friends for about 10 years. And, <laughs> and back in 2020, at the end of May, when I gave my life to Christ and took my walk seriously with him, he started to reveal to me that I needed to let go of this person. And you know, in my mind, I was like, but God, we've been friends for 10 years. We have all these memories. We have all this history. You know, I don't want to end this now. And he reminded me that the duration of a friendship shouldn't determine the continuation of it. So during that process, I didn't really know what to do. And the mistake I made was that I didn't really seek God for guidance and wisdom on how to end it. So, you know, I used my own human wisdom and human instinct, and, you know, I didn't really end it as well. You know, it didn't go as well as I wanted it to. So then I went back to God, and I was like, you know, I saw him for wisdom and guidance on how to actually end it in peace. And then he led me to have a conversation with the person, and... Um, Thankfully, it ended up in peace. You know, I apologized. And throughout that whole thing, it just taught me a lot of things. And one of them is to really seek God. When he's giving you a direction, A direction, seek God for guidance on how to do it. Because it's one thing to know what to do. But it's another thing to actually ask him for guidance on how to um, go about it. And that reminds me of when the angel came to Mary and the angel told Mary, You're gonna give birth to a son named Jesus. She asked the angel, How will this happen? You know, she didn't go about with her own human understanding, like trying to do it the human way. She asked the angel, How will this happen? So that really taught me to always seek God for guidance in every instruction that He gives me, you know, not to try to do it on my own way. And also it taught me that it's really, really important to to live peaceably with everyone. Um, Romans 12, verse 18, it says, do everything you can to live at peace with everyone. Because you never know, God might want to use you to bless them, or he might want to use them to bless you. So it's important to be at peace with everyone. If you're ending a season, whether it's leaving a job or a friendship, make sure that you do it in peace. Please don't go around making enemies and yeah.
0: Wow, that's awesome. That's the Christian way. Um, we do everything in love. Let everything that you do be done in love, the Bible says. Awesome, awesome. Brother Paul?
3: Thank you very much. Uh, wonderful testimony we've been sharing. The Word of God says in Proverb 22, 29, it says, Do you see a man? who is diligent in his work, that he will stand before kings and not ordinary men. And also, in Paul was speaking to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.15. He said, give yourself completely, complete attention to these matters. He said, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Amen? Jesus did the same thing. Remember, we say it took 30 years for him to get ready. So whether I'm in school, I'm in business, in any career, in any field, it's important to be knowledgeable and be skillful about that career. Know what it takes and how it takes. What my trust must be in Christ. Remember, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And he said we should look up unto him. He's not by our strength. It's important that we are knowledgeable, we are skillful but our trust must always be on him because he's the power of God and the wisdom of God. Amen? It's also good to have mentor. We have a lot of guardians in the church. Our pastors that God has given us, parents. It's good to have, the Bible says, in the multitude of counsel is safety. Somebody who knows about where you're going that can give you advice, that will save you years of mistake. And also it's important to always put, you know, our trust also in what God has said. For instance, in Psalm 32, he say, I will guide you to the best pathway of your life. I will advise you with my eyes on you. Praise God. With all this in place, nothing can stop us because God already decreed that we should multiply, be fruitful, and increase. Praise God.
0: That is... You said a lot there, but one of the things that really hit me was ending it in the spirit of excellence, right, because... Sometimes, again, when you're going through the season and you feel like the year is about to be over, there's no need to really keep up with what God has taught me to do in the beginning. I was doing it very excellently. But now the year is about to be over. Let's just, let's just do something at least. At least something is better than nothing. Whereas God is like, I want to see excellence in you because it's part of that light that we reflect to the world, right? We do things in excellence. We do things in love. So yeah, that's that's beautiful. That's amazing. Thank you.
4: Praise the Lord. What advice will you give to another believer t- as to help them end well? Ending well is relative. How well? What what do you mean? It's what is your understanding? What is the, your definition of ending well? Ending well in your own way in. Your job in making more money, what is well? So is your well Christ's well? Right? You can end well with money in your account, your account full. You can end well with being used by Him. So ending well is really le- relative on what you value. Is your value on God? Or is your value on yourself? If your value, whatever your value is, you're going to end well there. Because you're going to work hard there. So if your value is your job to make more money or to make ends meet, like people say, you probably get it. But, you know, is that going to give you joy? But if your value is, you know, I'm going to be part of what is happening in the kingdom. I'm going to be used. I'm gonna preach the gospel, I'm gonna extend love, I'm gonna help people, I'm gonna put, you know, smile on somebody's face. So, it's all relative. But everybody has to define what theirs is, okay? So, the way I look at it is, it depends on what this believer want help for. Because my value system may be different, But as children of God, you know, our value system should be the same. You know, what he wants. Because if the scripture says, seek him first, whatever it is that we're trying to make ends meet. I always tell people, I don't know how you want to make ends, put two ends that God is holding. If I'm holding two ends, there's no way you can force me for them to go together you're going to have to agree with me before they can come together. I think most times we miss things up. We're running like chicken without head because we think the more we do, 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 that's where we're going to make the ends meet. And he's telling you, seek me. So we're quoting it. Are you engaging? Because when we engage, you're never going to do God. Let's face it. Even the breath, I tell people the breath he gave us Without it, that money in your account, nobody's going to spend another person. In short, at times, it's good to read Ecclesiastes. For you to realize that all this, you're jumping up and down, somebody, he says, somebody's going to enjoy it. So you might as well come to church. You might as well give God that value, value him. Because when you value him, you know, Your perspective changes, and trust me, you end well. Because for you to finish strong in Christ, you're going to have to obey the person you want to finish strong in, right? You can't finish strong with me if you don't want to obey me, if you don't want to do what I want you to do. Two cannot work together unless they agree. If you don't agree with him, he's telling you, don't go near this guy. You said, no, 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 my life ends here. Whatever you get is up to you. But if you said, okay, and you weigh it. So, like I, I would say, finishing strong is relative for everybody. For, but for us believers, I think it should be common interest. It should be in the Lord because every other thing will follow. Praise the Lord.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So, as you're end, trying to end well, it would will, it will be beneficial for you to define what ending well means right and for believers like you said it's love right end it in love um and as our message here at FTLW what is it Jesus only is our message right and we sing it all the time and sometimes it could just be as simple as that make your end be about Jesus Jesus revealed and Jesus glorified Wow. praise the Lord. Okay, one more
4: thing. I, I don't want anybody to think that I don't want them to go to work. You just have to get up in the morning and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's not going to work. He's not going to put food on your, you know, table. But what I'm saying is, if you want to do it his own way, if your value system is in him, he will see you through every other thing, the cars, the houses, whatever you're, you know, you're looking for. Huh? The scripture say, quote me now. God said, uh-huh. what, quote what I said and I'll do it. And that's why he placed his word above his name. Because everybody is calling God, God, God. But no, not everybody is doing the word. So it's in the doing that you get the answer. So if he says, I'll add every other thing. Trust me, it's not about Jesus morning, Jesus afternoon, Jesus night. You're going to place that value system but every other thing. He's going to even show you. He's going to bring what belongs to your enemy and drop it on your lap. Didn't he say it? I will even get from them and give to you. So he's going to make the ways for you. You know, the favors, you know, the scripture says he surrounds you with favor. He's going to make those ways. You know, the things that you think you're going to get, you know, by doing 10 jobs, he's just going to open a door for you to get it through somebody. So what I'm saying is less do it his own way. If we want to finish strong in him, let's try and walk with him. And then, you know, every other thing he'll add to
0: it. Awesome. Awesome. So um, as we run down our time, how do you, this is a just an extra question, how do you usually end your year with God, seeing that this is the last fourth and last quarter of the year? How do you usually, what does, and the end of your year look like with god
2: um for me god has really been telling me to really just focus on the now and don't dwell on the past cuz you know we're 9 months in right and we have 4 months left so you know we've probably set up goals for this year that we probably haven't accomplished yet but it's okay like Don't dwell on the mistakes that you've made this past year or don't dwell on the decisions that you made this past year. Just focus on the now. Focus on the promises of God. And one scripture I wanted to mention was um, Philippians 3, 13 to 14. It says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So just focus and continue pressing on forward. And also it's important to just focus on your journey, focus on your walk with Christ. Don't compare yourself to you know other people, other people's journey, um, just because God has blessed them with a new car, a new job, um, just focus on what God is doing in your life now because if you dwell on other people or if you, even, if you dwell on um, the past mistakes that you've made, like, it's hindering what God is trying to do now in your life. So just focus on the now. That's really important. So, yeah.
3: Praise God. That was beautiful. Uh, so, see, for me, uh, mine is tied to Purpose my primary purpose is to be light of the world jesus said that to me and to be salt wherever i am so i have goals for instance our theme for the year salvation see it live it tell it how is it reflecting in my life daily so you see we have a goal for the year we have a vision that god has cast for us so in my business In my home, in my pursuit of everything, I strive to advance. When God blesses me, my purpose is for me to be comfortable and then for the advancement of his kingdom with every and anything he's blessed me with. So it's tied to the purpose. So in my career, I strive to be better. To become better. Because when the world comes, already my heart is already for him. I'm going to use it for the advancement for his kingdom. So I do uh, I take stock. What was the goal from the beginning of the year? We're in the middle of the year. I take stock. And then I do a retreat as we are approaching the end of the year. I'm also taking stock. This is the goal. This is where I wanted to be. What were the steps I needed to take to accomplish this goal? If it's to get additional license, I was supposed to study, get additional license by this time. And as we are ending the year, I'm thanking God and also retreat to take stock, to focus on what is the goal for next year. Amen?
0: Thank, thank you for reminding me. Um, I need to go and take stock as well. <laughs> but um, so Anti-Happiness, how does your, the end of year you look like?
4: Praise the Lord. Well, September. So first of all, you know, I think every year it's not going to be New Year resolution because he dropped that by the beginning of February. You have to have a goal. You know, there's nothing like a goalless human being. You have to have a goal in life. You have to have a purpose. You know, it's only your vision that God can turn into a mission. If you sit down there and, and you don't move, nothing is going to happen. So at the beginning of the year, I try to, I write a lot. I'll tell myself, you know, this is where you're going to this year. This is what happened last year, but you know, this is where you're going to this way. So yeah, I take inventory, you know, to see where I am. Now, if I'm doing okay, you can always tell myself, set the goal a little bit higher, you know, and not below average. Set it above average. And the reason why I tell myself that, because I love the scripture that says he will do abundantly above. So for me, that it was abundantly above, I can't go at the average. I have to go higher. So I will know that it wasn't you that did it. So it's him. I know it's him, but there's going to be something you say, hi. You know, that's something that would just say, God did it. So you can't even, it's not because of anything, except that he gave you breath. So I try to set it higher. Now, when I take inventory and I'm doing good, that's fine. But if I'm not doing good, I haven't gone to that level. I don't want to be discouraged. So you have to look at what was it that you did right and what was it that you did wrong. What could you have done better? So what do I do? Sometimes that you didn't do above means that there are some things you need to change. All you need to do is to tweak some things. Maybe what you thought you were doing right wasn't actually right to give you the right result. So you can tweak it. You know, like Paul said, if you have to take more lessons, you know, get some CE courses, If there are areas that you want to enhance yourself, there's nothing wrong with it. If there's somebody that you know that has really succeeded in that thing and you need to ask questions, you go for it. But ultimately, you know that you haven't failed. Because three months, four months, a lot can happen. There's something they call Hail Mary. A lot can happen. When they say it's five minutes, all of a sudden the winning team will lose. As long as you focus on what you're doing, and as long as you know that you're in the right direction. You know, that's when you say that you're thriving in your God's given destiny. When you're there, it has nothing to do with time. Because that last month, as long as you're engaged, the door can just open, and the well will like The water will gush, and, you know. But the most important thing is to keep doing what you're doing, Know that the things you're doing are in line with your destiny. Don't jump up and down or get frightened that, okay, I'm not doing well. I need to jump to another career. I need to jump to another thing. You may not get the results because that person that you're looking at, you don't know how they got there. You don't know how far. So you can always learn new things. You can always, but always, always take inventory, but if you haven't achieved that go, it's okay. You will. As long as you let it, you know, give it to God and you are consistently doing what you're supposed to be doing, you eventually get there. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, write the vision down. Make it plain. Right? That they might run who see it. So when you, when you're, when you write it down and when you make it plain for yourself and you have that vision, then you can now run because you can't run if you're don't know what your what to do. Right? You can't take speed. God cannot help you with that speed to be able to um do what is needful to do, right? And so yeah, I really love that. Mary, how about you? How's uh how does Mary's year end look like?
1: How does it end? Well, I think everyone um said something amazing, Like I got, I got something from every single one of you, and I think for me, kind of what uh, Dr. Happiness said as well, It's you kind of just have to focus, and also what you know, Yvonne said as well, you got to focus on the now and focus, not focus around what other people are doing and like, oh, I want to be here, I want to be there, right, but focus on the now, focus on the, on the God-given talent that God has given you at the moment, because he is the one that knows best, right? He has given us all a a certain type of grace that we need to succeed in this world. So rather than focusing on someone else's grace or trying to steal their grace, right, focus on what God has given you and make sure that as you begin the year well, right, you shall end well as well. You know, never, don't don't stop mid-year and say, Oh, you know what next year New year's revolution, New year's resolution, like you know, I'll do something better. No, focus on the now, focus on the grace that God has given you, and you know that as you begin the year well, you will surely end well. right? So that's the, the one thing I have for you guys.
0: Wow, praise God, awesome. Um, and um, yeah, so this concludes our takeover Thursday's panel discussion for this. Um, and now I'm going to pass on my beautiful uh, co-moderator, Mary, to close us in prayer.
1: Thank you, Ms. Um, in Jesus' name. Father God, I thank you for the discussion we had today, Father God. I thank you for the panelists, oh God. I thank you for everyone that has spent the time today just to come in and just to listen to what you have for everyone, oh Father God. Father God, may we continue to just look unto you, Father God. May we continue to, as we begin the, as we started this year, well, oh Father God, we shall finish strong in the mighty name of Jesus, oh Father God. I thank you because those that will watch the Watch the, um, the panel discussion, O Father God, at a later time. They too shall receive something, O Father God. Continue to just open our eyes, give us more understanding, O Father God, to know the God-given talent you have given every single one of us, O Father God, so that we will continue to just do the work you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you.